Welcome back to the Squared Sports Podcast. I'm the host of this podcast, Lane Frank, when I'm episode 87. So we're 87 episodes through, I got action-packed episode planned for you. NFL preseason is underway. College football, top 25 has been released. Kevin Durant, even more news coming out this week. Seems like we're getting it every single week now. MLB, we're ending our summer months in MLB. We're going to September with the MLB playoff race really starts to get real. And so much more. Stay tuned for episode 87. Let's hop into it. We'll start episode number 87. How is it with the headlines in the NBA? Kevin Durant, yes, it's happening again. Last week, it was the decision. Fire Sean Marks and Steve Nash or keep Kevin Durant. Joe Sy, their owner, said, I'm keeping Sean Marks and I'm keeping Steve Nash. Now a report comes out this week. It's more likely Kevin Durant retires. Then resigns with the Brooklyn Nets. Kevin Durant had something to say about this on Twitter. He said, no way I'm retired. Don't listen to this from an outside source. Listen to me. I'm not retired. But is Kevin Durant going to be able to Brooklyn Nets uniform this season? I really don't know. He could be a Philadelphia 76er. He could be a Boston Celtic. He could be a Dallas Maverick, for all we know. He could be on any team this season, Kevin Durant. I really don't know. They've got to the comment section where you think Kevin Durant's going to go. There's so much going on with Kevin Durant right now. We're going to talk about it later in the episode, obviously. But that's pretty much been all the news in the NBA this week. We had the Christmas games announced. It's going to be Lakers at Dallas on Christmas Day. Knicks versus Sixers in the Garden. And I think one, and then one more off the top of my head, Grizzlies versus Warriors. That's going to be a good one. Playoff rematch from last year. So that was about it for the news in the NBA. So we just scheduled changes. And obviously, the KD news. Let's move to the MLB. Well, we had a lot of news, though. Okay. The star player in MLB the past three seasons has been Fernando Tatis Jr. Fernando Tatis Jr. broke his wrist in a motorcycle accident this offseason. He was out the whole entire season. And now, apparently, he took steroids. And he's out 80 more games. So he's going to miss the rest of this season. He's going to miss the first 42 games of the 2023 season. Now, this is a point I brought up a while ago saying, hey, Fernando Tatis Jr., he's having a great career. But stats-wise, he really couldn't. He had that short, he had played 81 games in 2019. He had that shortened 2020 season where he was still great, but he could have, if he had a full season in 2020, he still could have been amazing. Had more home runs, had more this, had more that. 2021 goes down with an injury later in the year. And now we're in 2022, hasn't played one game season. He's going to miss 42 games next season. He's going to go on the IL at some point. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. This is rough stuff. Here. He obviously took steroids. I mean, they're saying it's rain warm, they're saying it's a bad haircut. I mean, what, what's going on here? What's the situation with Nan Tati Stringer? At least they got Juan Soto. I mean, Juan Soto and Josh Bell have been just amazing so far. For the San Diego Padres, Brandon Drury's amazing. They won the MLB trade deadline with Josh Hader, even though he's not pitching great right now. They won the MLB trade deadline, no doubt about it. So, yeah, just a lot going on with Fernando Tatis Jr. and San Diego Padres. But let's move over to some happy news in the MLB. Brett Beatty of the New York Mets has been called up by everybody. He was drafted out of high school, out of Lake Travis, in 2019 MLB drafting. He was picked number 11. So he played 2020 in the Miners. He played 21 in the Miners. And then this week, Luis Guillorme gets hurt, and the Mets say, hey, we're not going to call it Brett Beatty. But then you see, 24 hours later, Mets Twitter is on fire, screaming for Brett Beatty to get called up. And what happens? Brett Beatty gets called up. I'm super happy. Some people are saying, hey, Mark Vientos should be called up instead of Brett Beatty. I'm happy Brett Beatty being called up. He has more talent. Brett Beatty's going to be amazing for the New York Mets, in my opinion. Leave your thoughts on that in the comment section. But another Mets news, Jacob DeGrom, still tearing things out. He made a Saturday night start against the Philadelphia Phillies. Only two hits. Only two hits. Reese Hoskins in the first inning. Bryce Stott in his last inning. Won six innings yet again, Jacob Grom. I think they're just going to wait until playoff time to make him go past six, seven innings. But after, once it comes playoff time, hey, he could go eight, he could go nine, he could go complete game. Jacob Grom's that type of player, but he just made his third start from New York Mets. Has a ERA under two right now. Just tearing things up, Jacob Grom. The best pitcher in all of baseball. Maybe of all time, talent-wise. The most dominant player in all of sports. You hear me say it right. 
the most dominant player in all sports, Jacob DeGrom. You can see LeBron dominating, but it doesn't always result in his team getting a win. Baseball, that's different. Jacob DeGrom controls the entire game. He can throw a slider, and nobody will ever even make contact with the pitch. He threw 34 sliders against his Atlanta Braves in his past start against the Atlanta Braves, and not one of them, not one Atlanta Brave, made contact with one of those 34 pitches. That's amazing stuff right there. Jacob DeGrom, an amazing pitcher, but a team who doesn't have amazing pitchers is the Texas Rangers, everybody. And the Texas Rangers just fired their manager, Chris Woodward, everybody. I called for his head earlier in the the season when he said, hey, Yankees team's a Little League park. They're terrible. Okay, you had the two best free agent signings of the offseason in Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, and you can't win a game, and you're calling Yankee Stadium a Little League ballpark. You used to get mad for Nan Tatis Jr. for whatever reason, swing that 3 0. Who cares? Nan Tatis Jr. is that type of player. Now, you can say Nan Tatis Jr. is a bad guy for doing that because you don't like Nan Tatis Jr. because he took steroids and all this stuff. But whatever it might be, Chris ordered interesting stuff right there, getting fired. Corey Seager said, hey, the only reason I signed with the Texas Rangers was because of Chris Woodward. Interesting stuff there, but we're going to move to a team we talked trash about earlier in the offseason and the New York Yankees. New York Yankees, everybody, have not been on terrors of late. They had that crazy game against the Seattle Mariners that went to the 13th inning. Then they lose that series to the Seattle Mariners. Then they lose the series to the Red Sox, and now they're not playing great now. Is Aaron Judge going to get to 60 home runs? I really don't know. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Can Aaron Judge get to 60 home runs this season? Leave your answer in the comment section. Let's move to the MFL, where we had a bunch of preseason football news, everybody. Zach Wilson, in his first start, did not look great. But what saved him? Tearing his ACL, but then not tearing his ACL. It was rumored they tore his ACL, and there Jets fans going, oh, our number two pick tore his ACL. And that would have made it a fifth straight year with number two pick tore their ACL. It would have been Saquon 2018, Nick Bosa in 2019. In 2020, we had Chase Young tears ACL. In 2021, we thought we had Zach Wilson tears ACL. But apparently, it's just a little bit of knee injury, going under surgery. He's probably going to miss maybe the first week or two of the NFL season, so Joe Flacco's going to step in. Interesting stuff there, but Zach Wilson gets a breather from the Jets fans. Jets fans going, whew, that's a sigh of relief right there. But let's move to the cross town Ralphs. My New York Giants, we had some news this week. We had the first regular preseason game of the year, and we won the game, but Daniel Jones did not look sharp. And now you're hearing this week, Tyra Taylor. Getting first-team reps in practice. Interesting thing to look out for there. That's five of your headlines this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, my fair of the week, Eric. My fair of the week this week is eight people actually being accurate. So... The college football preseason AP poll was actually accurate this year, but it was. Okay, so the preseason AP poll, you have Alabama coming in at number one. No disputes there. Number two, Ohio State. I'm not a Buckeyes fan. I'm a diehard Michigan Wolverines fan. I'm obviously going to disagree with that. I think the reigning national champion, George Bulldogs, should be at number two. But whatever, Ohio State's at number two. Georgia's at number three. You got a and maybe a little bit too high. I think Notre Dame might be too high. Michigan may be a little bit too low. But that's my boss coming in there. But after that, it was pretty good. Arkansas is ranked. Texas isn't ranked, which a lot of people could disagree with. But I respect AP voters for sticking their guns, not raking Texas. Interesting stuff there. A lot of teams not being ranked. Tennessee not being ranked. But, you know, you have teams like Iowa also not being ranked. Went to the Big Ten Championship game last year. Some disputes there can be made. But I like the AP poll as of so far. You have BYU being ranked. Jaron Hall is their quarterback. I like how the AP poll was ran out this year. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Did you agree with the preseason AP poll? Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, stick it with college football a little bit here. We're going to do top five. This can be the top five players college football for the upcoming 2022-2023 season. I'm not saying Bryce Young is going to be number one. 
because he won the Heisman last year. I'm not saying CJ Stroud's going to be number one because he had a great season last year. I'm not going off that. This is my opinion. This isn't Joel Klatt. This isn't Kirk Herbstreit. This isn't Gus Johnson. This isn't Lee Corsa. This isn't Desmond Howard. This is my college football opinion. You're listening to the best college football person in the country. Let's hop into it. My top five players in college football. Number five, CJ Stroud. You can say, oh, CJ Stroud, number five. How? Well, CJ Stroud got carried by his wide receivers last year. He had a great system last year, and yes, he made the throws, but he's not going to have Garrett Wilson. He's not going to have Chris Olave. Now, they still have an amazing receiving core. They have the best wide receiver in the country, Jackson Smith and Jigba. They have Marvin Harrison Jr. They have Julian Fleming, who was the number one recruit a couple years ago. They also have Emeka Buko, who was a five-star wide receiver. Ohio State is the best wide receiver factory, maybe of all time. They are a wide receiver factory. Brian Hartline, the wide receiver coach, now they're passing game coordinator. He's produced a factory there at the wide receiver position. Something Urban Meyer could not do. Ryan Day, I congratulate you on that. You have built up an amazing wide receiver class. You have the number one receiver next year and number two wide receiver next year. And Cornell Tate and Brandon Ennis, and you got Bryce Rogers. They have a great wide receiver class, and they have some great wide receivers in the roster. But they have so many five-star wide receivers, maybe it's too much. You had Marvin Harrison Jr., who was a five-star wide receiver, didn't play into the Rose Bowl last year, and gets three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl. Julian Fleming, number one recruit in 2020, hasn't really played in his first two years at Ohio State. He's going to get a shot this year. But you have Jackson Smith and Jigba, who's a sophomore, or was a sophomore last year, now going to his junior year, who's the best player in college football. I'm ranking him at number four, so I got two Buckeyes on this list, unfortunately. So, number five and number four, CJ Stroud, and his wide receiver, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Now, number three. Here's where you're going to disagree with me. It's going to be the reigning Heisman, Bryce Young. Bryce Young was not the best player in college football last year. That was Ian Hutchinson. It could have been maybe somebody else. You could say, oh, it's CJ Stroud. You could say, oh, it was Jordan Asson. Oh, it was Kenny Pickett. Bryce Young, people said, hey, his Heisman win was beating 6-6 six and six Auburn with 40 seconds on the clock. Okay, that's interesting stuff for they would say. His Heisman win was getting that game win draft, but on a 6-6 six and six Auburn, only getting 10 points in that four quarters of football. That's my interesting take right there. Bryce Young, everybody. Interesting stuff there. Bryce Young, I don't think he is going to have that same season like he did last year. I don't think he's going to win the Heisman again this year. I think Bryce Young is the third best player in college football. Now, number two, I have Will Anderson as number two player in college football. You can say Will Anderson was better than Aiden Hutchinson last year because he had more sacks and he had more tags for us. But Will Anderson plays in the second level of the defense. He may count as a defensive end, but he's playing outside linebacker, in my opinion. I think that's what he's going to play in the NFL. Now, no doubt, Will Anderson is an amazing college football player, and no doubt, he's going to be the best defensive player in college football this season. No doubt about that. I think he might even be better than Ian Hutchinson was last year. Will Anderson is an amazing player, and I think he's going to have a great season, but I don't think he's number one. Now, who I think is number one on this list, now so high on them last season after that, Texas OU Red River rivalry game, and I stuck with them as being one of the best players in college football up until pretty much that Baylor game was Caleb Williams there, but Caleb Williams is Superman. He's Superman in college football. He's amazing. That's his nickname. He can run. He can throw. He can jump. He can do anything you want him to. He's in the best offensive system in the country. He's the number two wide receiver in the country in Jordan Asson, who was actually the number one wide receiver in college football last year, won the Belenikoff Award. Now, you have Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison. You have Lincoln Riley as their head coach. You have so many more transfers. You have Travis Dye as their running back, transfer from Oregon. You have Keontae Ingram, transfer from Texas. This isn't stack squatter, but when I give out my top 25 next week, expect USC to be pretty high on there. Caleb Williams, number one player in college football, is going to win the Heisman this year, no doubt about it. You can just boot me on it. You can debate me on it. Caleb Williams, number one player in college football. You're Superman. Number one player in college football, USC quarterback, Caleb Williams. That's about it for my top five this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. You want to debate me on it? Put your answers in the comment section. I'll respond to you. Leave your thoughts.
Now, didn't know everybody. This week's didn't know is, did you know current Golden State Warriors head coach, current nine-time NBA Finals champion, Steve Kerr, was once the Phoenix Suns general manager, the head honcho, the head honcho of that front office, was Steve Kerr from about 2008 to 2010. That, that's wild stuff right there. He was in the broadcast game, went to the Suns front office for a year, then became the GM. Pretty much no experience. Now we see nowadays, we have former players become GMs. Right now, Phoenix Suns GM, James Jones, for uh, current right now, 76ers GM, Elton Brand. But the Suns were really the first ones to try this with Steve Kerr. Didn't really work out. Steve Kerr resigned after two years, went over to broadcasting, and then eventually ended up with the Golden State Warriors, where he is right now. But just think about, what if that did work out with Steve Kerr? The Phoenix Suns, would Steph Curry be the player he is right now? Draymond Green even be in the NBA? Wild stuff right there. Just crazy to think about. Didn't know that, though. Didn't know Steve Kerr was once... Phoenix Suns GM. Woohoo! It's that time of year, everybody. Hold them or fold them. These NFL quarterbacks. We've done this on the show before. It's these NFL quarterbacks, and I'm going to decide if these teams should hold them or fold them. So I'm basically going to say, is this quarterback going to have a good season or a trash one? Let's hop into it. First quarterback on the list, Tua Tungvaloa. I've said this publicly before on radio shows, on this show. Tua Tungvaloa is going to be a pro bowler this year. And yes, Tua Tungvaloa is going to be an amazing quarterback this season, in my opinion, with Tyreek Hill. Now, he's not going to be one of those top three guys, but you know Josh Allen's going to get maybe to the Super Bowl. You know Patrick Mahomes might get to the Super Bowl. You know Joe Burrows might bow out. You know the, one of the top three quarterbacks, maybe even two of the top three quarterbacks voted are not going to actually play in the game. So they're going to add somebody like a Tua. They're going to add somebody like that to be on the roster. I think Tua Tungvaloa, in that sense, could be a Pro Bowl. In my opinion, so Tua Tungvaloa, yes, hold him. Mitch Trubisky, fold him, unfortunately. Now, Mitch Trubisky could have a decent season this year. I'm thinking maybe 23 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. But you got Kenny Pickett. You got Mason Rudolph. You got other guys who could contend for that starting drop next season. So I'm going to say fold him for Mitch Trubisky. Matt Ryan, hold him for maybe another three years. Matt Ryan's got the talent, everybody. He won MVP in 2016. Matt Ryan needs to be in around a good team. He's got Frank Reich now, one of the best offensive minds in football. He's got Josh Taylor, maybe the best running back in football. So hold him for Matt Ryan. Ryan Tannehill is division rival. I'm going to say fold him, everybody. Now, for this season, Ryan Tannehill could be decent, but I think there might be a little bit of a fall-off. Malik Wills, obviously, he's not ready yet, but maybe in two years or maybe even next year, Malik Wills should be ready. So I'm going to say fold them for t- Ryan Tannehill. And Tennessee Titans wouldn't have drafted Malik Wills, so they didn't think Ryan Tannehill was going to burn out in the next three years. So I'm going to go with a fold them for Ryan Tannehill. Carson Wentz, I'm going to go with another fold them. You got Sam Howell, who looked great in the preseason game, and you got Carson Wentz, who's not that great. So Sam Howell is a great picker for them. Fifth-round pick, Sam Howell for the uh, Washington Commanders. They had a good draft, Washington Commanders. So I'm going to say fold them. For Carson Wentz, could be a good season this year, but I want Sam Howell to start at least one game this season, see how it goes. So Carson Wentz, fold him. Kirk Cousins, it's an interesting one right here. I'm going to go with fold him. Kellen Mon, I don't know. He's looking a little bit interesting to me in the preseason. It's interesting. It's interesting. Their GM said, hey, we acknowledge Kirk Cousins isn't that great of a player, but he had 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions last year. Yet Mac Jones is still retiring them on the top 100 NFL players list, which I do not know. Mac Jones, pretty much a young Kirk Cousins, you could say. But I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins, fold him. Maybe in the next three years, you see Kellen Mond on that field being the starting quarterback for that Minnesota Vikings roster. So now we're moving over to their division rival in the Detroit Lions. You're watching Hard Knocks. It's going to make you like this player a lot more. It's making me like this player a lot more. And it's Jared Goff, everybody. Jared Goff, a great player, in my opinion. You know, he's had some road bumps in the way. He went to Los Angeles Rams, number one overall pick after a good season at Cal Berkeley. 
his junior year. He had a great season, actually. And then goes into his rookie season. Jeff Fisher, being his head coach, has a terrible season. Didn't even start all 16 games. Next season, brings in this offensive mind, Sean McVay, who we all know and love. And he did great under Sean McVay for his first season. Next season, people are saying, what's going to happen again? He brought them to the Super Bowl. Next season, they go 9-7. He had some injuries down the way. Next season, even more injuries. But he brought them to the playoffs still. Then next season, he gets straight. So every single season, Jared Goff has been under Sean McVay. They have had a winning record. So that's interesting stuff right there. He didn't have a winning record last season, but he was still pretty good. They didn't draft a quarterback. Dan Campbell still has that trust in Jared Goff. So I'm going to go with Hold'em for Jared Goff. Now, Marcus Mariota. I'm going to say Hold'em, everybody. Marcus Mariota, I think there was more of maturity issues in his first few years in Tennessee. I think he needed these two years off of being a starting quarterback, and maybe even three years off now. I think he definitely needed that. So I think Marcus Mariota in that Arthur Smith offense, I'm going to go with Hold'em for Marcus Mariota. Now, the last quarterback in this list, Baker Mayfield. He deserves a shot. He's a former number overall pick. It's a hold'em, everybody. Baker Mayfield's going to beat out Sam Darnold for that job, and he's going to do well. Ben McAdoo may hold him back because Ben McAdoo is one of the worst minds in football history. Coming from a New York Giants fan here. But Maker Mayfield, hold him. Dust power for home foam for this week. We're going to see you later in the NFL season, maybe in the offseason. We're going to talk about home foam later. That's about for that this week. So if you're on your couch doing your fantasy football draft in about two weeks, you're thinking, what wide receiver should I draft? Well, there's a wide receiver. Well, I'm telling you right he's been offense player of the year before. He set the record for most receptions in the NFL season. And you can get him in the seventh round. You're thinking, I just struck gold with whoever you're about to talk about. I'm talking about Michael Thomas, everybody. He's fully back, and he's fully healthy, and he's ready for a football season, everybody. We haven't seen him at full strength since 2019. Two years ago, this guy's a top five pick. No doubt about it. This season, he's looking like a seventh round pick. Michael Thomas can still be that amazing player. They have that great offense. It's going to be a lot of shootouts in that rough NFC South division this year outside of that Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But they still score in Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They've won every game against Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the regular season since Tom Brady's been in that division. So interesting stuff there. Michael Thomas, your fantasy sleeper for this year. That's my take right there. Draft him in your fantasy football draft. I'm not even an Ohio State fan, like I've said many, many times. Draft Michael Thomas. Now, College Bowl Showcase and made its return to the world, the show, last week, and now it's making its return again. College Bowl Showcase back again this week. This week, it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be like a this or that, but college football teams, let's up it. First two teams on the list, Miami and Texas, two programs who had abysmal seasons last year, but there's a lot of hype around them this season. Miami's got Tyler Van Dyke. They've got a lot of great players. Texas has a lot of great players. They have Quinn Ewers. They have Xavier Worthy. They have Bijan Robinson. They just had one of their best transfers, Terrence ACL, in their scrimmage on Saturday. But I still think Texas is the better team over Miami. Mario Cristobal, going to give them two years to figure it out. And then we'll start talking about maybe Mario Cristobal isn't the right guy for the job. I think Mario Cristobal could do some great stuff in Miami. But for right now, I'm going with Texas over Miami. Because it's Mario Cristobal's first season. Now, Michigan-Notre Dame, everybody. Notre Dame currently ranked higher the Michigan the standings, which, yeah, I'm really not getting a lot of this hype around Notre Dame here. You got new coach Marcus Freeman, new head coach. And a lot of people were just saying he, he could be better than Brian Kelly. Don't say anybody can be better than Brian Kelly until you actually see it. Brian Kelly has been to national championships before. He's been to the college football playoff before. Brian Kelly is an amazing head coach, one of the greatest in the college football the past 20 years. Don't say that. This is a lot of overhyped, over, so much overhyped uh, hype here with Notre Dame. AP Vars will eventually get to see it. They're going to lose week one to Ohio State. They're going to lose another game down the road. 
Just join the Big Ten already. I like Tyler Buckner, but I don't love Notre Dame in my opinion. Everybody, that's just gonna be interesting right there. A lot of overhyped stuff. And my Michigan Wolverines, who I'm happy to get to talk about them right here. You get JJ McCarthy starting at quarterback, he's amazing. You get K McNamara starting quarterback, he's amazing. You have Donovan Edwards, who could be the best college player running back. Joel Klatt already said he's my Heisman dark horse. Everybody, Donovan Edwards, that type of player. You got Blake Corum, who's amazing last season for Michigan Wolverines. You got Ronnie Bell coming back. Ronnie Bell tore his ACL week one last year. Before he tore his ACL week one last year, he had 155 yards and a touchdown. Interesting stuff right there. Michigan could have won the national championship last year if they had Ronnie Bell. No kidding. Michigan Wolverines, an amazing team. RJ Moten, safety said, we're the best defense in the country. We have all the stars. We don't care what the media says. I love that underdog mentality. I'm happy we're ranked number eight. I'm happy. We got Michigan over Notre Dame right here. Texas A&M, USC, two teams going to a season with a lot of hype. I'll make this one quick right here. USC, no bad, bad. Now, Clemson, Oklahoma, everybody. Clemson coming off a rough season last year. And Oklahoma coming off a rough season last year. Brett Venables, former Clemson defense coordinator, now Oklahoma head coach. I like this matchup right here, but I'm going to go with Clemson, everybody. You got Will Shipley, who could be proclaimed next. Christian McCaffrey had a rough injury, season-ending injury last season. DJ Wangle really did not live up to the hype last season. We'll see if he can live up to it this season. If he can't, yeah, Kate Klubnick coming in there. So I got... Clemson over Oklahoma in this battle right here. Last one on the list, Arkansas-Utah. I don't like all the Utah hype, everybody. They lost Devin Lloyd. They lost Britton Coffey. They lost a lot of talent. You still got Cameron Rising at quarterback. But was Cameron Rising really all that perfect for you last season? I really don't know. He was a good quarterback. He scrambled well. He played well in that Rose Bowl game, but he didn't even win the starting job at the start of the season. He had Charlie Brewer starting the last season. They lost to San Diego State with... Cameron Rising as their quarterback. So, interesting stuff right there. But I'm going to go with Arkansas right here. SEC team... Kendall Bryars is one of the best offense corners in college football. You can say they lost a lot of talent in Traylon Burks, but they got KJ Jefferson. They still got, obviously, Sam Pittman. I mean, Kendall Bryars had offers to be another offense coordinator, to be the head coach this offseason. He had offered to be the offense coordinator in Miami, and he turned that down. Josh Gallus obviously taking that job, but I don't care. We got Sharon Moore now at Michigan. Kendall Bryars, one of the most innovative coaches in college football. You'll see him being a head coach in three years, whatever team that might be. Now, Beak with the Power 5 team. Not no level conference USA team. Kendall Bryars will be that guy. KJ Jefferson will be in the NFL. You'll see his name very soon in the NFL. So I'm picking Arkansas over Utah on the spell. That's about College Bus Showcase this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now the schoolyard scream making its return. And no, it's not Noah Syndergaard this week. Oh, pains me to say it, but no, it's not Noah Syndergaard this week. It's RJ Young. Now, if you don't know who RJ Young is, he's Basically, the cloud-chasing king of college football. He works for Fox Sports right now. I don't know how he's a job. He had a show before that, but he just puts things out there for craziness. Okay, 2020, when we saw Devontae Smith win the Heisman, he said, Zayvon Collins, linebacker Tulsa, deserved to win the Heisman that year. year before that, he said, Joe Burrow, who had the greatest college football season of all time, did not deserve to win the Heisman. He said, Jalen Hurts deserved to win the Heisman. Jalen Hurts got spanked by Joe Burrow in the college football playoff. This guy puts out outrageous takes. Last season, he had UTSA at number three until they lost last week of the season. This guy puts out the most ridiculous takes of all time. And he doesn't even have Michigan ranked in his top 25 currently in the preseason. He does this for clicks. He does it for whatever he wants. I'm going to read you his top 25 preseason right here. You give me your thoughts. Number one, Alabama. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Texas A&M. Number four, Georgia. Number five, Utah. Number six, Notre Dame. Number seven, Michigan State. Number eight, Baylor. Number nine, Arkansas. Number 10, Clemson. Number 11, Oklahoma. Number 12, USC. Number 13, Houston. Number 14, Oklahoma State. Number 15, BYU. Number 16, Iowa. Number 17, Ole Miss. Number 18, North Carolina State. Number 19, Miami. 
number 20, Texas, number 21, Kentucky, number 22, Minnesota, number 23, Oregon, number 25, Tennessee, and number 24, Wisconsin, everybody. Now you say, what in the world is that top 25? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. There are so many teams in that list that Michigan beat last season. Let me actually count them. We beat Ohio State last season. We beat, we lost to Georgia, no doubt about that. We lost to Michigan State, but we beat Wisconsin. We beat Iowa. And if we played Minnesota, we definitely would beat them. There's so many teams on this list that we would have beaten. But he says, I'm not going to rank them based off of a banner they won last season. So you're not going to rank them off what they did last season. But you're going to rank Iowa for what they did last season? Iowa returns no players. You're going to rank Georgia off what they did last season? They lost so much talent. You're going to rank Utah off what they did last season? At number five, they lost so much talent. And Notre Dame, Michigan State, this guy's outrageous with his takes over here. It's, it's ridiculous. He's my schoolyard scream recipient. Second one ever. You're going to hear a lot about R.J. Young this year. I despise this guy in his college football takes. It's terrible. R.J. Young, you're the recipient of this week's schoolyard scream. That's part of the schoolyard scream this week. Leave your comments who you think the schoolyard scream recipient should be next week. Now, at the buzzer, but this week's at the buzzer. It's about the Los Angeles Angels, but you can say, what do you have to talk about a team that's 51-65 right now that nobody watches? Well, they have the greatest town of all time, Shohei Otani. They have maybe the other greatest town of all time, and Mike Trout, and they have a lot of amazing other players on this team, but they can't seem to do anything. Shohei Otani pitched amazing last night, and they blew it from the ninth with so many errors. He's hitting amazing this season. He has 26 home runs, 68 RBS. Not the same home run and RBI total, but his OPS is up. And his average is up 20 points more than it was last season. They're running Shohei Otani's career. Trade him this offseason or else you're banned from anything. This is just, it'd be criminal not to trade Shohei Otani. You're probably going to have to keep it on my trap. But it'd be criminal not to trade Shohei Otani. They have a lot of big name players on their team. They had no Syndergaard at the beginning of the season. They had Taylor Ward. They had Mike Trout. They had Anthony Rodone. They had Shohei Otani. They had Razzle Iglesias. But they can't do anything with these guys. They trade Noah Syndergaard. They trade these guys. The only reason Shohei Otani, at least the main reason why Shohei Otani signed with the Los Angels, was because of Billy Epler. Billy Epler got fired. He's in the New York Mets manager, uh, GM right now. He's been amazing. Shohei Otani may become a New York Mets this offseason. Let's hope. But yeah, just crazy stuff right here at the Los Angeles Angels. I don't know why they hired Joe Madden. Joe Madden was just damaged goods after that Cubs stint. After winning World Series with the Cubs and a couple of bad years, just damaged goods. I don't know why they hired him. They're going to have to hire somebody new. I don't think Phil Nevin, their interns, is going to get things done. So yeah, interesting stuff right here. Los Angeles Angels could have been the squared scream recipient, but we're keeping it as RJ Young. That's my at the buzzers for this week. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Now, the best last question this week's question is, who is the best team in MLB? Is it New York Yankees? Is it the Los Angeles Dodgers? Is it the Mets? Is it the Astros? Leave your comment. Who do you think it might be? That's about for question this week. That's about for Squared Sports and Lane Frank, episode number 87. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squared Sports on Instagram, at Squared Sports. Follow Squared Sports on Twitter, at Squared Sport. Follow Squared Sports on TikTok, at Squared Sport. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and view for the best sports content in the world. We'll be back here next week, episode number 88. Stay tuned.